낫 창식용 정식용 낫 창식 정식용 오케이 예예 formal continental dialect i am 정식 창식 정식 different okay thank you very much 안녕하세요 Good morning, good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace, 안녕하십니까? Uh, I'd like to comment the, uh, uh, not just only our MC and many brothers and sisters, different style of the Gyeongbae. Uh, you know, when we say let's do Gyeongbae, not Hanul Bumonim, not, you know, Chunjin Cham Bumonim, the official way to say, 천지인 참 부모님께 경배. No need to mention 하늘 부모님 or 천지인 참 Just 천지인 참 부모님께 경배. I think we need to follow the you know, headquarters uh, instruction, true palace instruction. Okay. Uh, yesterday, uh, President Naokibi and I went to UTS to meet GPA members who are doing a kickoff workshop. And then, uh, you know, uh, all of them are really staff of the our GPA, uh, our members and staff, and Roland and all other leaders. I was so happy to see them. They prepared a very beautiful song for us, and and we had a question and answer session. And this is a group photo of the GPA staff. Yeah, I think I feel. I can see really promising future through our GPA members. Also, when I hear the their plan, what I go, what are they going to do? It is really exciting. Thank you so much for your hard work. You look at that, our young people. This is a cool photo. Today, I'd like to talk about uh, uh, women will play the leading the role in the ideal world from True Mother's Anthology, Volume Two. Let's start. Women will play a leading role in the ideal world one. The unification of North and South Korea, which is our long cherished wish, is possible only through the spirit of true love, of loving even our enemies and living and making sacrifices for their sake. Just as parents look after their children and siblings look out for each other, we need to be able to meet with our North Korean brothers and sisters with God's unchanging true love and truly feel and share their pain as, it, as if it were ours. The intersection where God, Adam and Eve can meet one another and settle down based on true love forms a 90 degree angle. The path of true love that connects God and humankind vertically can only be perpendicular since that is the shortest route. And the path of true love that connects perfected Adam and Eve as husband and wife is a level, horizontal line. So the point where these vertical and horizontal paths meet automatically <clears throat> forms a right angle. This point of intersection has absolute value and becomes the one center and model that binds true love. However, 
The archangel twisted this angle before Adam and Eve could reach maturity. And this constituted the fall. When a carpenter builds a house, what does he consider first? The horizontal or the vertical? If he considers the horizontal first, that means that he already is taking the vertical into account. Similarly, the word woman came to be because the man already had been taken into account. And the word man is premised on the woman. The word above takes below into account. And the word right implies the existence of left. In a similar way, the word horizontal incorporates the notion of vertical. In all these examples, the fact that you recognize the implied existence of something means that you recognize the relationship between two things that exist for each other's sake. Since each exists for the other, that is the basis of true love. Yes. True mother said, the unification of North, uh, North and South Korea, which is our long cherished wish, is uh, possible only through the spirit of true love, of loving even our enemies and living and making sacrifices for the sake, for the sake of them. Just as a parents look after their children and siblings look out for each other. We need to be able to meet with our North Korean brothers and sisters with God's unchanging true love and truly feel and share their pain as if it were ours. Do you all uh, love North Korea or hate them? Do you all love China and Soviet Union, Union or do you hate them? Do not just think about their dictators. Without a genuine heart and love for this country and its people, unification and peace cannot be achieved. Turumada also said that the word woman came to be because the man already had been taken into account. And the word man is a, 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 you know, premised on the woman. The word above takes below into account, and the word right implies the existence of the left. In a similar way, the word horizontal incorporates the, the notion of the vertical. And in all these examples, the fact that you recognize the implied existence of something means that you recognize the relationship between two things that exist for each other's sake, since it exists for the other, that is a base of true love. A great attribute, a, a great attribute of true love is that, uh, uh, that it seeks to live for the sake of others. It tries to live for the sake of others because joy and love and happiness cannot never be created on your own. Since love always comes from the object partner, if I do not live for the sake of others, I can never create joy and love and happiness. This is a really incredible, you know, a principle. True love is what? Need to live for the sake of others. Why? 
Love only comes from object partner. If you can create joy and love and happiness by yourself, no need to live for the sake of others. Because you can create joy and love happiness by yourself. Why I have to live for the sake of God? Why I have to live for the sake of my spouse and children for neighbor? Even don't need to marry. However, joy and love and happiness only comes from object partner. No other choice. Why have to live for the sake of others? No choice. Only love comes from you know, object partner. God is alone. He cannot create joy and love, happiness. That's why he doesn't have any choice. He, no matter what, he needs to love a human being, each one of the human beings. Human being without loving God, we cannot create joy and love and happiness. No other way. Wow. God's principle is really amazing. Amazing. You like or doesn't like, it doesn't matter the principle. You need to live for the sake of others. Otherwise, you cannot create joy and love and happiness. No matter what, you need to love God. No matter what, you need to love your spouse, your parents, your children, your neighbor. Otherwise, you, you can become miserable guy. Universal principle is like that. You can feel love only from the object partner. This is the an incredible God's principle. If you're against that, you cannot gain joy and love and happiness. Therefore, we have to recognize the relationship between, between two things. When you recognize the relationship between two things and that the vertical exists for the sake of, for the horizontal and man exists for woman, and then you live for the sake of others through happiness, love, and joy can be created. This is the eternal truth. Wow. Thank God. I, when I realized this point, I really appreciate the principle, Father's guidance. Very, very clear. Why we have to live for the sake of others? Why need to exist for the sake of the, you know, the, my wife? my children, you know, this is a really incredible. Who can deny this principle, right? Living divine principle, the human heart as a view to two <coughs> spiritual and physical minds. Let's study EDP. The spirit mind, the physical mind, and their relationship in the human mind. The relationship between the spirit mind and the physical mind is like that between internal nature and external form. When they become one through give and take action with God as their center, they form a united functioning entity which guides the spirit self and physical self to become harmonious and progress toward the purpose of creation. This united entity is the mind of a human being. The conscience is that faculty of the human mind, which by virtue of its inborn nature, always directs us toward what we think is good. However, as the standard of goodness in fallen human beings varies, the standard of their conscience also fluctuates. This causes frequent contention 
even among those who advocate a conscientious life. The original mind is that faculty of the human mind which pursues absolute goodness. The original mind relates to the conscience as internal nature to external form. A person's conscience directs him to pursue goodness according to the standard he has set up in ignorance, even though it may differ from the original standard. However, the original mind repels this faulty standard and works to correct the conscience. As long as our spirit mind and physical mind are under the bondage of Satan, the functioning entity they form through their give-and-take action is called the evil mind. The evil mind continually drives people to do evil. Our original mind and conscience directs us to repel the evil mind. They guide us in desperate efforts to reject evil desires and cling to goodness by breaking our ties with Satan and turning to face God. Yeah, let's just study farther soon. The difference between the conscience and the physical body. We must resolve everything, even all the problems of the future during this lifetime. How can we distinguish what must be resolved? Here, you have the problems of the future. There are two problems which involve capturing the invisible Satan who has seized possession of the physical mind. Do you understand? You must fight. What is the foremost battle? It is the battle against your physical mind. The second battle is the fight against Satan. Satan and the physical mind has taken us as prisoners, the physical mind follows the orders of Satan. You must be very careful about this point. If you follow Satan's orders, you will be eternally ruined. So what is the purpose of religion? The goal of religion is to regain control of the self before the entire world is captured by Satan. Before I seek to conquer the world, I must first conquer myself. Before I seek to conquer the world, I must first conquer myself. This was my foremost goal when I first set out on this path. The most important issue was conquering my physical mind. The physical mind says, I am hungry. I want to live. I want to love. This physical desire is the master of human life. So what happens if you want to eat centering on your physical mind? You were born in the realm of evil. In this context, what would happen if you listen to your physical mind that is telling you to eat? You move closer to the side of evil. If you live the way your physical mind wants to live, you begin to incline towards evil. This is the way the principle works. If you live following the desires of your physical mind, you will end up sinking. It is like a whirlpool. There is no way to emerge from a whirlpool. Ultimately, you will go under. Yes. 
When Father first set out on the way of the will, the foremost goal was before I seek to conquer the world, I must first conquer myself. The most important issue was conquer my physical mind. The physical mind say, I want to eat more, I want to sleep more, I want to have, I want to possess more, I want to have sex more. My brothers and sisters, again, uh, I'd like to talk about here. Father said, what was the father's uh, foremost goal? It was, before I seek to conquer the world, I must first conquer myself. If you conquer your own self, that means you can conquer the world. Because our body, representative of the world, representative of the cosmos, if you really can conquer your physical self, your own self, you surely conquer the world, you surely conquer the cosmos. That's why before you seek to conquer the world, you need to first conquer yourself. When human beings' physical desires of the physical mind becomes the subject and we follow them, we will definitely become closer to Satan's side. Then how can we overcome the physical mind and defeat Satan? First, overcome um, them with the power of the word. Very important, my brothers and sisters. I'd like to remind you again, how do we overcome our physical mind, okay? You need to overcome them with the power of the word. You have to be stimulated by the word and be armed with the word. Secondly, you need to overcome them with the power of prayer an incredible junction. It is impossible with human power alone. We definitely need the power of God and the spirit world. Third, overcome them with the filial heart. This is very important. You can overcome with a filial heart toward God. Filial heart means I put God as a top priority. My vertical alignment is my life centering on filial heart. If you can overcome with a filial heart towards God more than anything else or anybody else. Fourth, overcome them with a con uh, constant training to overcome yourself. You have to constantly go to the front line and fight while suffering. And you know, fundraising training, retrenching training, and the training of the relationship, everything. It's really need to human being fallen men need to train him, otherwise easily become evil. Fifth, overcome them uh, through the relationships. You can be victorious by forming good relationship with God, with Abel, with the parents, with the brothers and sisters, and serving them. Through this kind of process, finally, you can conquer your physical body. Let's study the, uh, today's youth ministry, the reason we cannot uh, preserve our heart. I recently, I'm continuously talking about how to preserve our heart. And today I'd like to talk about the reason we cannot preserve our heart. Let's study. The reason we cannot preserve our heart. Fallen human beings cannot control their emotions because they act according to their environment. 
As a result, their faith that related to the words is easily destroyed. Because they are unable to control their emotions in interpersonal relationships, they get annoyed with each other, conflict with each other, and complain that the other is wrong, not knowing that their faith is being destroyed. If we are invaded by the environment like this, we reflect on what we have been doing, regret, and question ourselves. From this point of view, what we focus on in our relationship and how we will preserve our heart is very important. We live without knowing the laws of peace and the laws of heart centered on the life of original nature. So we live a life of joy at times and disappointment at other times in human relationships. There is no way to preserve one's heart if you are dominated by your environment in this way. Act with a clear view of values centered on the word. People must act with a clear view of values centered on the word. They must have no regrets until now about the standards where they offered sincere devotion to put into practice the values they placed importance on centered on the word. If they fail to maintain the standard of values that they held important until now, the standard breaks down and they regret it. They fail to preserve their heart. It is like a job with holes that cannot hold water. A person who is dominated by their environment and unable to preserve their heart will eventually think that they have done only regretful things. To say that your heart is punctured means that your love container is broken or has a hole in it. A person with such a punctured heart always complains and is dissatisfied in life. Life does not feel rewarding and they cannot make results no matter what they do. They often complain and are dissatisfied. Some people work hard externally, but are dissatisfied internally. Their activities do not feel rewarding and their life is always invaded by the environment or other people. So they become insincere. Yeah. Because foreign people are unable to control their emotion and uh, 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 emotions in interpersonal relationship, they get annoyed with each other, conflict with each other and complain that the other is wrong, not knowing that their faith is being destroyed. There is no way to preserve one's heart if you are dominated by your environment in this way. Today, I'd like to mention a very important thing, my brothers and sisters. Then, what should we do? What should we do to dominate the environment? And where should we focus on in our relationship to continue preserving the heart? The most important thing is act with a clear view of values centered on word. The value of the word should become your life of values. For example, one of the, my value is to win the morning 
in window window morning, no matter what the situation. I'm talking about Dr. Young, my personal case. I have clear view of the value. I have the I I try to keeping the my own absolute standard. Some look at me, do not look at me, check or for me or not, does not matter. I need to have the, my very clear view of value and also try to keep the standard of the value. This is the important point. For example, and uh, you know, just now I mentioned that one of the, my values is to win morning, no matter what the situation, to go to Korea or Australia or Alaska, always keeping the standard. Not easy. Do you have the clear view of the values in any situation? This is the important point. No matter what, it is to wake up earlier than anyone else and pray and prepare the words I am going to give. I am going to give. Another one of the, my values to live a life always giving and giving and giving and giving. I try to give. If I do not give, I, I'm thinking myself. My spirit thinks it is dying. If I add one more thing, is it to love each other, uh, love, you know, love each and every person I meet, no matter what, you are my enemy, you are black people, white people, yellow people, anyone. I need to meet them because God sent them ask me to meet them. And for the sake of the physical health, it is not it is to not eat dinner. And no matter what I am doing, it is a make time to exercise. I really maintain my physical body. If I might be physical body collapse, no exercise, I do not control the eat, I anytime can collapse. That's why I need to keep my, I, I need to have a clear view of my own values. I try to keep the standard. Anyway, even though I'm saying like that, that is not a simple matter, my brothers and sisters. That's why you need to have the clear standard of your own value. No shaking, no compromising. As long as you keep your clear view of value, and keep the, your absolute standard of your own value, I think this is the way, this is the way can preserve your heart. Value what you place importance on, centered on word and act according to those values. If the values are centered on the word, which I move according to, are shaken, my life will be completely destroyed. Therefore, you know, to practice the values centered on the word so far, you need to offer jangsang and have no regret about the standard of striving to achieve them. If you fail to maintain the standard of the values, then you held important standard until now, the standard breaks down and you will have regrets. And then you fail to preserve your heart. Is it like a jar with holes that cannot hold water? Very important thing. 
you need to maintain the standard of the values once you promised yourself no matter what you need to keep it no matter what do not compromise you need to respect yourself i i i, I even though for me not easy i try to do i think may, many of you can do that you know to maintain you know my spirit my my heart you need to really keep the standard of the value once you determine this is my own value centering on divine principle centering on God's point, point of view this is my absolute standard of value do not compromise once you compromise shake your life of faith you cannot keep your heart you cannot preserve your heart this important point that's why you need to think what is your clear view of your life what is your standard of uh, what is your absolute standard of your values as long as you keep it wow your heart become very very stable next a person with the foundation of the heart when we say that a person is sincere it means that they live according to the will of the subject partner to say that one's past result were truthful, reliable, and worthwhile means that they lived according to the will of the subject partner within their environment. We can see that they always denied themselves and lived for others within their surrounding sphere of existence for this to happen. However, people who are dominated by the environment will eventually feel ashamed and often feel dejected when they say they are working hard. All our work is like that today. When the relationship with the subject is wholesome, the mind becomes stable. We have no fantasies in our minds. Because you live according to the will of the subject, you will be steady. As a result, you have peace in your heart. When you live a life of peace in your heart, you gain trust from the subject. You seem very reliable. By teaching such a person, the foundation of the heart is laid. Live a life according to the subject partner. To say that the foundation of the heart has been established means that an unforgettable trust relationship was formed through vertical and horizontal relationships. On top of such a foundation of heart, we have sincere results that anyone can be proud of and trust. This is because we live knowing the will of the subject. Such a person never lives centered on himself. They always live according to the will of the subject. Discord and conflict between husband and wife or siblings occurs when the relationship is not smooth and their circumstances do not match. This happens when you focus on yourself. It is not right to want the other person to match you according to your own will. A wife's intentions may not be compatible with her husband's, and the husband's intentions may be distressing to his wife. The same is true between siblings. When the younger brother does not 
does does may not be right for the older brother. Also, the older brother's attitude may not be very pleasing to the younger brother. Yes. A person with a foundation of heart is always very, very sincere. This is a common point. It doesn't matter if anyone is watching or not. They are sincere in front of their original nature and heart. There is no gap in their life. Whoever sees such a person will praise them for living righteously. In this way, a sincere, sincere person is always faithful to their heart and original nature. In other words, it means that shine light onto their own original nature and live according to the will of the subject. It means that they always deny themselves and live according to God's intentions. Like so, if you have, if you live according to the God's will, centered on your original nature and heart, there will really be a peace in your heart. When you live a life of peace in your heart, you gain trust from the subject. You seem very, very reliable. This kind of person is a certainly a person whose foundation of heart is laid. Then proud achievements are sure to follow. In this way, when the relationship with the subject is wholesome, the mind becomes stable. We have no fantasies in our mind because you live according to the will of the subject, you will be steady. However, people who are dominated by environment will eventually feel ashamed and often feel uh, dejected. And when they say they when when they say they are working hard, in this case. It happens when you are centered on yourself. It is not right if you want the, the other person to match you according to your own intentions. My brothers and sisters, today I talk to you about the reason we cannot preserve our heart. I emphasize that, you know, to preserve our heart, you have to live centered on unchanging values, centered on your own clear word. That's why you need to really, you, you need to create your own standard, your own value centering on God's word. This is the one of the way preach of our heart can become very, very stable. Thank you very much. God bless you. Uh, sharing such incredible secrets of how to love our enemies, also overcoming ourselves. And then how to conquer our environment through the standard of values that we live uncompromisingly for and stabilizing our life according to the will of our subject partner. Thank you. Yes, Joshua. Yes, I'm working on it myself. <laughs> so for our living testimony, we actually have a, a, something unique. And over the next few weeks, you'll be seeing uh, that these testimonies will also be showing some awesome videos. And these videos have been produced, centered on Koichi and our HQ media team as a way of being able to share with our guests and more proudly and strongly witnessing. Uh, so this first video that we showed today, you can find it at watch.familyfed.org. It's called I Found Something, where it's stories of new members who have joined our church recently and young unificationists who've chose to live their life for this movement and for the principal and true parents. So please let us listen and watch 
I found something. My name is Fumika Hasegawa and I'm from New Jersey. Uh, yeah, so my name is Jonathan Davis. I live in Central Texas near San Antonio in a small town called Fredericksburg. My name is Yasin Reyes. I'm 21 years old. I'm from Miami, Florida. My name is Ori Morton Rodriguez. I have two last names. I'm 24 years old and I recently graduated from Cal State Fullerton. My name is Isabel Gonzalez. I'm 18 years old and I'm from Maryland. My name is Abraham Salazar. I live in Las Vegas, born in Los Angeles, California. Hello, my name is Pedro Diaz. I'm from LA, born and raised here. It's funny, when I first came to LA Movement, a lot of the people thought my last name was spelled Dios. It took like a week or two to like tell everyone, no, my name does not mean God. Growing up, I do believe spirituality was like a pretty big part of my life. This idea of a higher being or like a God. I went to Sunday school for a Catholic church and that's when I first like learned about God and Jesus and, and I did believe in God. I grew up mainly with my mom during the weekdays and my dad during the weekends. My mom's side isn't very religious at all, but my dad's side is very religious. My grandfather was a preacher, my dad was a preacher's son, but I didn't really grow up with a strong religious belief because for me, I just put that hat on on Sunday and then I took it off on Monday when I went back to my mom's house. My dance director, she would tell my mom about these, you know, church events, you know, Sunday school or like, uh, you know, camps. And since uh, around seven or eight years old, I started going to these events slowly. So yeah, I kind of just grew up with the movement. Growing up, I was raised Catholic. My mom really wanted me to like really learn who God was and really inherit her beliefs. But for me, I felt like there was something more. My parents are very spiritual. I feel like that helped me really believe as well as like in God too. My mom is pretty religious. She's a very strong Christian and I grew up in that faith. I didn't question that God existed, but I questioned about him. I was always very curious about what happened after death. Like, I remember when I was younger, like, I told my dad I was six years old, I told him that I was afraid to die. I grew up in a very unstable family. Just remember spending a lot of time just dwelling in my own emotions, feeling a lot of, like, lack of love when I wanted to receive love. The last few years of high school, I was really struggling and I was kind of just digging myself into this like pit of just misery and pain and suffering and yeah, I wanted to, you know, change the way things were back at home and I know it had to start with me. I think growing up, I would really not have like that great of a relationship with my parents, like really having like this mindset that they didn't understand me and I would close myself up from my parents. In my immediate family, 
there were no successful marriages in my life. So I was actually very worried about that, like my ability to have a successful family, because that's what I really wanted to do, is I wanted to start a family. In high school, the idea of like being openly religious was like embarrassing to me at times. I felt like believing in God was not cool. I was in a pretty bad place. I was just really trying to understand like what the world was and the world kept hitting me and kind of beat me down a lot. My parents got divorced and then my dad passed away actually. I started digging a little bit deeper as to who is God really. I was raised by a single mother. Father's Day was a bit difficult for me. I remember I would turn on the news and the more I watched the news, the less I thought that God really existed, or even if he did exist, he didn't do anything for us. And I turned my back towards God when I was in high school. One day when I was like 12 or 13, my dad told me, like, we don't have to get ready for church today. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then he told me that he doesn't want to make me go to church. He just wants me to decide one day if I want to go to church on my own. And ever since then, I didn't go to church for the next like five years. I figured, you know, now I get to stay home and play video games on Sunday. I think that was probably one of the best decisions that my father could have ever made, to give me that room to find my own faith. And I decided that I do not need God to be a good person. Like how hard can it be to be a good person? Just don't lie, don't steal, and don't kill anyone. During college, I really started to see how my bad habits and my, my character was starting to reveal more of itself and how unhappy I am with my life and how much I wanted to change. Growing up, I always hoped for something better, but like sometimes I just didn't really believe in it. I was working as a manager in a fast food restaurant and these two young girls kind of come out of nowhere and talk about God and wanting to like make a peaceful world. And hearing that actually really brought me a lot of inspiration and a lot of hope. I was in school trying to enjoy my lunch and then two guys came up to me and were like, hey, can we talk to you? Being the type of person that doesn't like lying, I was like, yeah, I got 15 minutes, like, sure, whatever. <laughs> Me taking Japanese class really had a major part in how I met the movement. I got approached by one of the Japanese moms there, and they were asking seven questions that they call a survey. They're like really deep questions. And I was like, wow, these questions really challenged me. I met someone who's in the church uh, at my community college, and she had like a, a pamphlet with a few questions on it. They're about like history and like God and like spirituality and like good and evil, things like that. And why is there so many religions if there's one God? And she agreed that that's like a really big question and she believes that a book that she knows about has the answer to this question. After like spending more time with them, like things just kind of like clicked in my head about everything that really matters in life and that I shouldn't like try to shy away from like who I really am. And so I got more connected with them and really warmed and embraced for actually the first time in my life where I felt that I was actually welcomed and people didn't actually judge me. I felt a familial connection with them. Before discovering principle, I was falling in different addictions, you know, going to many different unhealthy ways to find some type of satisfaction or stimulation. But after discovering principle, I could find like who I really want to be. 
Something that I've learned is that even though God is really sorrowful and uh, really sad about the state that humanity is in, He still loves us and still has hope that we can become better and come to the ideal which He originally created us for. I was vaguely familiar with the love of Jesus before I met the movement, but then once I started learning about the life of Reverend Moon and the life of Dr. Hak Chahar Moon, learning about what they've done and their sacrifices that they've made, that was definitely the inflection point in my spirituality. It was a great book, and we got to one part in the Divine Principle where I started talking about Jesus Christ. And I don't know what happened, this feeling just came in through me. These tears started rolling down my face, and I just started praying, and then started to repent for turning my back towards God. In GPA Generations Academy, we really get to grow like our character skills and our confidence as individuals. I wanted to change the way things were back at home. And going to GPA, I just really wanted to build my relationship with God, but also become someone that can guide my family back to God as well on Generation Peace Academy. One of the most impactful things is being able to talk to a lot of different people. People are like so great, like so open and willing to help or like even if I'm a stranger. I got the opportunity to go overseas and do mission work in Kenya. At that time, I really wanted to show God that I trust Him and that I love Him because I think yeah, just for so long, I, I just wasn't there for God or God was reaching out to me so many times, but I pushed Him away or you know, put these walls around me. We went to Dominican Republic and we were able to do service projects. One of them was going to an orphanage. The kids were like so bright and like so ready to like receive love. They were just like putting their arms up and they're like, pick me up, pick me up. Even for a day at least we were able to show them some type of love. Every single day, I ask God, what will my future spouse be like? What will my future kids be like? I've always wanted to have a family growing up, but I wanted to first fix what happened to my family. Reverend Moon and Dr. Hak Jahan Moon are really big with developing a strong family centered on God, which means basically that each of the parents have a strong relationship with God, understand the love of God, and then they love each other with that kind of love that they experience from God, and then when they have a child, their child will be able to experience, in a sense, God's love through their parents. You know, one day I'll get to create a family and hope that I can be that model and show my mom especially that it's possible and it's not something that's like a fairy tale. Luckily, we live in the modern age, so I was able to find my biological father over Facebook. We send each other like happy birthday messages. It's small stuff, but just having that little connection means the world to me. Growing up, I always wanted to have a family of my own, but I didn't really think that I could actually like do it. That I was pretty much destined to kind of like end up by myself, actually. But the more I learned and the more I grew, the more I realized that, um, that no one deserves to be alone.
Wow, this is a really, really beautiful. Thank you, uh, all media team members working so hard. 감사합니다. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yes, and again, you can watch that, that video at watch.familyfed.org, as well as a number of other videos that they're producing to help you as tribal messiahs and spiritual parents.